your current girlfriend gets you into the astronomy yes. class where you meet your eventual wife yes. who is also in the astronomy class. So. Yes. Yeah. She she actually so she's actually sitting God's towards goodness just it's works just crazy. in mysterious I mean, ways at times, right? So, yeah, that's well, what I was I, gonna say. It sounds like it was all in the stars. <laughs> that is exactly uh, what I always align, I tell Anna so. Claire, I said, This is where the stars have went to align <laughs> for the Taylor household. We are all saved the same way, but each of our stories are different. This is my Grace Life story a series of podcasts where members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is Senior Associate Pastor Matt Fowler. Welcome to another episode of My Grace Life Story. My name is Matt. I'm the Senior Associate Pastor at Grace Life Church of the Shoals, and I have Tim Martin, who is helping us with all of our audio and media needs today. And joining us on the podcast today, we have Sam and Anna Claire Taylor. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you guys for being with us today. Hello. All right. We want to hear a little bit about you guys' Grace Life Story. And so I want to start this just like we do most of them. Sam, I'm going to start with you. And if you would, just introduce yourself, uh, maybe a few things about yourself, some fun facts, something that somebody doesn't know about you, things of that sort, and then Anna Claire will let you do the same, and then we'll go from there. Okay, yeah, I'm Sam Taylor, um, husband to Anna Claire, father to Georgiana. Um, I enjoy chasing whitetail deer. Amen. Gobblers, big old toms. Anything the, in the wild. Anything in God's great outdoors, setting the hook on anything that'll bite it, yeah. and um, cheering on the volunteers. That's oh, what I do, my man. Goodness. Wow. You're welcome. Yeah, we didn't have to go there, Sam. Yeah, go Big yeah. Orange. We might as well jump right into you it. You are having a good year this hey, year on that front. I just don't blink. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, all right. Good. Anna Claire, how about you? I am Anna Claire Taylor, like you said, and I spend my days taking care of our little Georgie girl and... I also love to cheer on the volunteers, yeah, and that's two about volunteer fans. That, so, yeah. that is my life. You're right a match so. made in heaven. That's right. right. You too. So absolutely, Anna Claire, your maiden name is Noblet. Okay, yes. I think most people at Grace Life know yes. that Anna Claire is Brother Jeff's <laughs> youngest daughter. But just in case those yes. who are listening in that aren't maybe Grace Life members, just wanted to make that clear. This is Brother Jeff's youngest daughter that is joining us today. So, um, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I, I know. A little bit of Anna Claire's Grace Life story, and it started from birth just about, but yes. yours did not. No. Your Grace Life story did not start from birth. And so give us a little background on how you got here, because you didn't grow up in Alabama, you're not a Muscle Shoals native, but now you've been here for several years. So get us started on your Grace Life story and how the Lord worked in your life and, and some of how you got all the way down here. And, and eventually, I know that's part of your conversion testimony as yes. well. So yeah. give us some of that, man. So like you said, I am definitely not from here. I am from the beautiful little small town of Eastridge, Tennessee, just on the outskirts of Chattanooga. It's where I was born and raised, spent pretty much my whole life there. I was raised by a wonderful woman. Pat is my mother. She still lives there. She in still lives right? there in, Ch in East Ridge. Yes. Yeah. She has a wonderful mother. Raised me. Did a wonderful job. I think. And um, I was also raised by my grandparents, my father or my grandfather Alvin Taylor and my grandmother Mildred Maddie Taylor. They're, they live in that same. They area? they're from Manchester, Tennessee. Okay. Um, but yes, they they lived with us. I lived with them until I was 15 years old. Okay. So like more like I said, they did raise me uh, alongside of my mother. Wonderful people. I believe my grandparents loved the Lord. Yeah. Um, I believe that they were Christians. 
But with that being said, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I wouldn't say that I grew up in a church home. We, um, you know, we would attend church on the major holidays, the Christmas and the Easter. We would find our way there. But um, as far as just um, being in a biblical home, that that was not my upbringing. I wouldn't say I lived in a very normal home, and we, you know, desired to be good people. We did things the right way. Would never steal. Would never never do anything unmoral right. to anybody like that. But as far as being a, a God-fearing home, I just don't think that that was where we were as a family, to be well, honest with what you. What was that like? I mean, so so growing up in a home where obviously, and, and praise the Lord for common grace, you're mm. being taught some right from wrong mm. and things of that sort. I think we can always be thankful for that. But, you know, so attending church on major holidays, I mean, what, what was that like for you? Was that weird? Was that strange? I mean, did, did you have a a particular church that, hey, this is, we don't belong to it, but on Christmas and Easter, we're going to go to this church, or was it, hey, we got several that we're just going to kind of bounce around to? Now, I will say, I will add to that, that I had some very, um, my best friend at the time, he's actually passed away, Cameron Workman, his family, actually, they would take me in as well, and they attended a a really nice church um, in Chattanooga. Great people. Um, I really believe they love the Lord. And I would attend with them sometimes on Wednesdays to Awanas. Okay. And so I would attend that, not regularly by any means, but I'd go every now and then. Right. um, Especially during the Awanas season. Okay. But it was extremely weird, to answer your question. I, um... I was never comfortable there, not just at that church, but we would have some other Methodist churches and some other places we would attend. And, you know, it was nothing like, well, this is the one church we're going to go to every Christmas. I mean, if someone invited us, you know, we'd go visit that church. And now me and my mother, we would attend a small Methodist church every every now and then. Right. Um, But we would definitely not go regular. But, yes, it was very weird. I often found myself very angry just when I would walk into these churches, a lot of times it was because I actually knew the people in these churches hmm. and I knew how they actually lived. And then it, right. it honestly, it just stirred me the wrong way, even though at the time I was not a Christian or at all faithful in a church by any means, I, I just would find myself angry inside these churches. Right. And I, I just had a bitter taste in my mouth hmm. about church churchgoers and and the local church just in general um i just didn't have great experiences there yeah yes it was extremely weird so did you ever have you did you ever just ask your mom uh hey mom we're visiting these churches i know how some of these people live what what is this you know what why do we do this or or was that just kind of something that was unspoken between you guys it was completely unspoken and and it was you know for both of us it was hey we're going here because you know we feel like it's the right thing to do on christmas sure hey easter you know this is what you go do this is you know this is what you're supposed to do and it was so funny i remember um facebook memory popped up and this was from like 2010 i'm nowhere near converted i i don't even know at this point if i had ever heard the true gospel and i i posted on facebook on easter sunday in 2000 i think it was 2010 so how old would you have been i would have been 17 years old and i i posted on there i said I said, God forgive us, the church will be full of people tomorrow that do not know who you are. Yeah. And I was one of them people. (laughs) I didn't know Uh, who he was, but I just knew that I was going to this church tomorrow with all these people and probably didn't have a clue who he was. So so how does a guy that's growing up in the southeast in Tennessee, you know, even though you're not— you know, connected officially to a local church, but but how does a guy who's growing up here in the southeast in Tennessee in the Bible Belt— go through pretty much his entire young life 
being a, a teenager and not hear the real gospel? It, that's a that's a really good question, and um, I think looking back on it, the only way that I can really describe it is is these events that I went to, um, you know, and I was involved in FCA. Okay, I would like to add that yeah. when I got to high school, yeah. I was involved in FCA very heavily. Definitely still not a Christian at the time, but I think the people that I were around again, like I said about the churches I attended, off and on, I really do believe that they, you know. Most of them genuinely loved the Lord and right. had a desire to honor Him in some ways. But what I would say to that is they were so consumed with getting numbers and oh, with you. tickling the ears, whatever you want to call it, and right. and just, you know, I hate to use the word shallow, but that's really—it was a really shallow—it just wasn't the gospel. It right. just was a how can we please man and how can we get man— to yeah. attend what we've got going on here. Right. And, you know, just looking back at it, I always say the first person to ever share the gospel with me was Anna Claire Noblet. Yeah. And, and that was, how awesome is that that I get to say my wife was the first person right. yeah. to share Maybe. the gospel with me. But I, that's really, just looking back and trying to reflect on that, that's the best I can explain it is. Um, we, the people that I were around, no doubt, I believe some of them loved the Lord, but they were just after the numbers. Right. They yep. were, hey, you know, we had 15 people raise their hand at FCA today. Right. Hey, we had 10 people say this prayer today. Hey, we had five people come down to the altar. Yep. And that's really what I remember from yeah. all that. It's interesting because last night I had the opportunity to teach in our pastoral training institute, and we were teaching on our purpose statement here at Grace Life. The purpose of Grace Life Church is to glorify God by obediently making and equipping disciples of Christ, establishing local churches in the shelves throughout the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things we got off talking about there, there's an old illustration that Brother Jeff uses from, uh, I believe it was a new newspaper story that was published around here many, many years ago, and it was a lost newspaper editor who was lamenting the fact that we're in a world that needs the church, and now the church has become just like the world. And it's interesting that sometimes the lost, I mean, here you are as a lost kid, a lost teenager, and you're walking in here and you're saying, is this it? You know, I mean, I, yeah. you know, the, and, and you even had something of an understanding of, man, this just seems kind of shallow. I, I'm not really getting anything out of that. And yet we, we have churches that are full of people who, just like you said, who I, I think probably are believers many times mm-hmm. and probably love the Lord many times. And yet sometimes we miss it, you yeah. know, even as believers, yeah. because we can get sidetracked on a, a numbers game, or we need more people here, or we need to fill the pews, or if it's an FCA, we need, we need more people involved in FCA, whatever it is. So it's just interesting sometimes how in the church we can try so hard to be like the world, and many times I think what the world is looking at in, in maybe even a dim way is saying, we don't need you guys to be like us. Yeah. You know, we don't need a shallow message. We, we need real gospel stuff is what we need. So uh, it, amazing. But, okay, so anyway, so you're growing up, teenager, you're lost, you don't know the Lord, really kind of unaffiliated with a local church. And so, all right, pick up from there. All right, so, so okay. where does life go from there? So I'll fast forward to kind of my senior year okay. is when, or really my junior year, my, um, my grandfather passes away. Okay. He died at 81 years old, I believe it was. And it was right before I turned 16. So that would actually be my sophomore year. But anyways, he passes away. And I, I would say that I go through a complete change in my in my life. You know, obviously I've got a lot going on. I'm starting to become older in age and um, getting more curious about things and wanting right. to partake in things that the world takes a part in. Right. So, you know, 
fast forward now to senior year of high school, I actually signed a baseball scholarship to play at Tennessee Wesleyan University. Super excited about that. So I move up there, and that's kind of just when my world gets rocked. Right. I mean, you know, my I, I separate from my mother. I move up there, and now it's just like I'm in the real world. There's real-world things out here. Right. And, um, you know, just kind of start going with the flow of things now. Yeah. I mean, I start partaking in things that – Definitely a Christian shouldn't be involved in, but right. in my my opinion, nobody should be involved in. Yeah. Um, you know, I just get wrapped up in the college theme and um, start hanging out with people you shouldn't be hanging out with and get involved in things with you shouldn't be getting involved in. You know, just really, really consumed with sin. Right. And I would like to say, you know, part of my big testimony is I a part of my testimony is that I am a very I have an addictive personality. Right. So when I say that, I mean when I try something and I like it, I'm all You're in. You're in. I'm 100% You're in. in. It yep. don't matter what it is. It doesn't matter yep. if it was baseball, hunting, fishing, anything that you put in front of me, and I kind of I got a little taste of it and I kind of liked right. it, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. And so, you know, part of that come, you know, was sin. Yeah. And I, I just got really involved with drinking, and um, I just really – had a desire to just party and drink and hang out with my friends. And, you know, that's where I was at in life. And that's yeah. what um, it was a really, you know, I, when I, we were talking, when I was thinking about this, I was like, do I really want to put that out there for everyone <laughs> to hear? But that, that's yeah. what my life, but I think it's important because, sure. you know, if the Lord can take me out of those situations that I put myself in and, Man, what marvelous grace he's showed yeah. me Amen. and just removed me from that. Yeah. And there's and by the way, even while being in that showed me grace because there could have been a lot more situations yep. I put myself yep. in and wrapped myself up in that would be life changing. Uh, right. And thankfully, not, nothing like that happened. But you know, I consumed myself with alcohol and um, just anything I could do to help numb out the world and and right. i was super stressed when i got to um, college because i had thrown my arm out and mm-hmm. so i had learned that i wasn't going to be able to pitch anymore right and they were on the verge of just letting me go yeah and thankfully i found a way to stay on there and, right. and still contribute somewhat to the team so was, was there anyone of course I, I know you said that your grandfather passed away and of course you're you're, you're out from from your home there uh, was there anyone at Tennessee Wesleyan or maybe anyone from I know you had a friend that when you were living at home there was there anyone at this point in time that was influencing you with the gospel that was that was maybe a voice of reason in 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 the midst of this time where sin is really creeping in and 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 taking over some of your life or was it pretty much hey I'm on my own I'm doing my thing and and no one here is really saying anything to me about it man that was it yeah. I was just wow. I was just Completely on my own, just to be honest with you. Um, I uh, and what's funny is, is Tennessee Wesleyan's a Methodist school. Yeah, and so you know we would have chapel. Right. I I think I had to attend once a month. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but you know, for once a month, I'd have to go in and sit. You know, you got to sign in and prove you're there, and so you'd have to sit there. And I just do not remember, you know, I don't remember anything from any of it because yeah. I was probably half asleep right, yeah. the whole time anyways. Well, but and, and I know I spent one year at a Methodist college here in Alabama, and I remember the very first chapel or convocation 
uh, the, the the chaplain got up to pray, and his prayer was, Oh, God of many names. Yeah. And I knew right then I was like, <laughs> Okay, I don't think this is what I've been accustomed yeah. to, you know, yeah. coming from Grace Life. And so I don't know how Tennessee Wesleyan is, but that was my experience. It wasn't far from uh, that. Yeah, yeah. I remember so I, one of the uh, lessons was on, um, I guess, I didn't, I didn't want to call it a sermon, but it was about chocolate cake. And so, um, pro or con on the uh, chocolate cake? Well, Did he they like it, it or not? Like, okay, all right. So, um, I'm on that. yeah, exactly. But, um, but okay, yeah. so how long were you at Tennessee Wesleyan? Um, so I stayed there, I was able to stay there for two years. Okay, and then you come back to Chattanooga? So, yes. Okay. So, fast forward, I finished my sophomore year there. We win the national championship our freshman year. Everything's going great, but my arm is just killing me. Yeah. And, I, um, I, I really was just at a point in my life where I was just done with baseball. Yeah. I just was over it. At that time, I just was like, this is it. I'm done with this. Right. My mother had had some health issues. And Tennessee Wesleyan is super expensive if you're not on scholarship anymore. Yeah. So I decided, hey, I'm moving back. I got to go back to Chattanooga. They had a wonderful fishing program at the time. Yeah. I'm involved with college fishing team. And so I, get, I, I decided to move back. We'll get back there. Um, and that's really, and it, it, you would think, okay, well, he's back home with his mother now. He's going, he's going to settle back <laughs> You're down. Toe the line, man. Now, I, right? I just ramped it to ten. Yeah. I, you know, I had baseball holding me down this whole time in yeah. a good way. Right. I took baseball super seriously. It was a great tool in my life. Baseball was taught me a lot of discipline. I wouldn't take anything back from my baseball experience, especially at Tennessee Wesleyan. Great university. I really enjoyed my time there. Not just the bad stuff, but it was a great, sure. great sure. university. Good grades. All that, no issues, but moved back to Chattanooga and like it's just like a spiral. I mean, I just I just get in a start hanging around people that are just, I mean, they're doing the same things that I want to be doing. I mean, we want to drink and we want to fish, yeah. and that's what I you know was wrapped up in. Right. And so get there, do that, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna fast forward a good bit here. Yeah, yeah, that's um, fine because at some point AC is gonna come yeah, into the I picture know, here. I, I, so. I want Anna, Anna Claire is really the. <laughs> what we need to get to here yeah. but um, we're going to fast forward to now what would be on paper my junior year okay at utc i'm in class it's an astronomy class I'm astronomy astronomy was that right is yeah. that what it is okay how'd you end up in an astronomy okay class, hey, let me tell you this right here other than the providence of god we're going to find out so the right. only so. reason i took this class was because my girlfriend at the time yeah. had all the answers to all the tests. Okay, yeah, it was one of those colleges. So, Aren't you thankful for those college Amy. classes? You know, sometimes they. And I knew she so. could assist me in the past because in my major I had to have one of these science classes. Okay, and she was you. like, "Well, you know, yeah, take that one. I've got, I know everything to it. Right. You know, you'll yeah. pass." And so I go in there, I sit down, and by the way, the girlfriend at the time was we were on super. Super rough times, and uh, we knew that the it was coming to an end. But yeah. I didn't go into astronomy looking for a girlfriend. <laughs> um, and so I get in there and going throughout the class, and it honestly, honest to goodness, it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the first, I will even say, first month of that class that I really took notice to Anna Claire. But so you're— Go ahead. I'm sorry, brother. We just have to acknowledge the irony and the humor of this. Yes. Your current girlfriend gets you into the astronomy yes. class where you meet your eventual wife, yes. who was also in the astronomy class. So. Yes. Man. She she actually, so 
She's actually sitting God's towards goodness. Just it's works just crazy. In mysterious I mean, ways at times, right? So. Yeah, that's well, what I was going to say. It sounds like it was all in the stars. <laughs> that is exactly uh, what I always. Align, I tell so. Anna Claire. I said, "This is where the stars have went to align <laughs> for the Taylor household." Oh, but, right, I'm sorry, brother. No, I interrupted you're fine. you, but I just thought it, it was it, a good place. It, to I was wondering so. if you were going to take notice to all that. So the only uh, reason I'm in there is because my girlfriend at the time yes. says that's the class you yes. need to take. All right, I guess. So, anyways. Goodness. All right. So month goes by. I'm still, I, honestly, I'm just falling deeper into a pit of just misery. I'm miserable at the time. You got to realize something here. I have my whole life filled myself with idols. Yep. I mean, fishing was an idol. Baseball was a huge idol. Drinking. And as you said, when you called an idol, you got into I'm in, the idol, man. right? I mean, so, I'm telling you, it's not yeah. like I'm half-heartedly doing these right. things. I'm, I'm all in. And so I had just always consumed myself with, with anything to fill the void of, of just not true happiness. Right. I didn't have Christ in my life. And yeah. I was trying, and I didn't know that's not what I had. Right. But I was trying to fill this void and this gap in my life with anything that could to bring me joy and right. happiness because I'm just miserable this whole time. Yeah. And so a month goes by. I don't know what it was. And I, I remember this day like it was yesterday. Anna Claire walked in the room. And I on, honestly, I just take notice to Anna Claire. I'm just like, <laughs> who? Who is that? Yeah. Like that, like she's, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, and so I literally moved from the back of the class to the front row where Anna Claire is. <laughs> was it the first time you'd ever sat on the front row in a class probably? In my life. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So. And that was on the front. Yeah. She, I promise she was on the front. And so I sit next to her, man. And I just instantly, I mean, I didn't have no, no shame in my game. I instantly start trying to talk to her. Right. She's having nothing to do with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I said, Hey, you know, what's, what's, what's answer number 13 over there? Yeah. She's just like, who are you? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and, um, but super long story short, I, I chased that for a while trying to talk to her. She wasn't having it. Yeah. And Providence got her out here. She actually adds a friend, a classmate of mine, on Facebook, who I actually, I mean, I'm friends with. He's on the fishing team with me. She adds him on Facebook, and she's and he's telling me about it right. and stuff. I think they might have been partners on like a, a like a lab or something right. in the class. And I was like, no way. So I went on there, I found her, and I messaged her on Facebook. <laughs> oh, wait. Communication in the social yeah, media really. age. Well, right. she wasn't having nothing to do with me in yeah, person. Yeah. So you had I, to try different I route, had to try right? a different avenue. Yeah. I mean, and so I messaged her, not having a clue in the world, anything about her. And we just get to talking. It's clear that she's having nothing to do with me. Right. She don't want to have, I mean, you know. And so all of hey, a sudden. Did you really, did you know anything about Sam? I mean, obviously, you're all at a big university. I mean, uh, but. I mean, did you know, had, like, at some point, did somebody say, hey, you know, that's the dude on the fishing team? It's just, just like blank slate. You it don't know him except when he's talking. Okay. And praise the Lord for that blank slate. Yeah, yeah, good. Praise the Lord for that. Because okay. if she had known anything, she right. would have just, you know, ran. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so, so how eventually do you break through to where AC at least notices you and maybe starts entertaining a conversation here? Or there? It, um I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, I asked her where she was from, and thankfully she responded to that. Right. And she said, I'm from, or, you know, this is all through Facebook. Yeah. And she says, I'm from, and I didn't even know how to say it. I said, where are you from? And she goes, I'm from a small town called Tuscambia. I was like, what what is that? Right, yeah. And so here we go, God's providence. I said, is that anywhere near Florence, Alabama? Yeah. And she goes, that's right across the river, and I said, "That's that's weird." I go there next month for yeah. the college national yeah, championship. Fish, yeah. <laughs> I right. go there, which I had been coming to that tournament for five years. Right. 
don't do the math on that, but that's how long, you know, I'd been in yep. college fishing. And so um, I was like, wow, that's really cool. I said, I go to Florence, Alabama every May 22nd is right. when that tournament is at McFarland Park. And I said, yep. I go to that tournament. That's really cool. And so that was the yeah. that was the icebreaker right okay. there. That was what allowed me in gotcha. the window and start talking. So gotcha. you were fishing I was fishing. in a couple of different ways. And more yeah. than one way, buddy. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm fishing. All right, so let me pick up with AC a little bit here. Um, so, AC, you know, you guys are kind of chatting on Facebook, and, you know, obviously Sam is very interested. At this point, it doesn't sound like you're – taking the bait, uh, right, to run with this <laughs> metaphor here. But um, so, so how, how does this, you know, kind of pick it up from there, AC, and talk a little bit about how this played out? Because Sam obviously says, you know, the first person he ever hears the gospel from is you. Right. And so I, I know there's probably a lot that goes on here, but but how does it get to that point where all of a sudden, you know, you're sharing the gospel with Sam? I, I know at some point you come down and visit even before you guys are yep. dating or anything, because I can remember that time. So, so kind of pick up from where Sam is taking it here and jump in here and start giving us some from your perspective, AC. Well, let's see. So I think what's he actually left out kind of a really important part of that. I was getting there. Okay. He'll get there. So <laughs> I, there. I I don't know how far back you want me to go. Yeah, wherever wherever you'd like to go. You okay, I'm gonna go all the way back. Then. Okay, all the way. We'll so I'm I'm in I'm of course I grew up here. Uh, I was born into Grace Life Church. Yes. Literally. And I think that, you know, through that time the Lord had was working on on me that whole time. I actually believe that the Lord started uh, working on my heart when I was eight years old um, at a fall outreach here. During that time, I knew that the Lord was drawing me to himself. Fast forward a while, this is a very abbreviated testimony, but at a super camp one year, Brother Donnie was preaching on, you must be born again. And at that point was when I knew I was saved. I don't know if I was saved at the uh, at the super camp, but I do know that through a series of events, I knew that the Lord had confirmed in my heart and in my life that um, I was born again. So I got baptized. Fast forward, I played basketball um, at the time, and I was working very diligently to, my goal was to get a D1 scholarship. So I get a scholarship to Chattanooga. I loved the city. I loved the place. I loved the people. And so I went to Chattanooga. And this would have been, I guess, my sophomore year when we are in astronomy class. Okay. At the time, I, I don't think I ever saw Sam until he started talking to me. And he was driving me nuts because he kept asking me for answers. <laughs> uh, and I do not give answers. Right, I work yeah. hard so I can make good yeah, grades, not you so go. you can. So I, I just was... Honestly, he just frustrated me. So I still do. <laughs> and it still has still do. So. But fast forward through the Facebook thing, I had his friend because we had a project together, like he said. And when Sam messaged me, I remember him saying, Where are you from? And I told him Muscle Shoals and he no, no, said no. You said Tuscumbia. Oh, sorry, Tuscumbia. I don't remember that. Yeah. But he said he had a fishing tournament and I said well, why don't you come to church while you're there? My dad is the pastor of Grace Life Church in no, Mr. Shoals. Um, that ain't that ain't how it went. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how it went. Uh, okay. You did say you did say you did invite me to church. That was the first thing you did. Okay. So but I you did not church. tell me your dad was a pastor. <laughs> I had to connect the dots here. Uh, okay. Because you because what when you invited me to church, like in that same five minutes, you send me sermons 
You just you sent me like a sermon from her dad. Okay, yeah. And I just look so you at pick up on last I names. look at the title <laughs> yeah. and it says I can't remember exactly what title sermon that was. I'm pretty sure it had something to do with um no, that wasn't that sermon. But anyways, I, I looked at the name and it said past senior pastor Jeff Noblet right. and I was like, Wait, ain't this girl's last name? <laughs> so I said and I just replied back, I said, Wait, is that your dad? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, I've messed up. I do remember. I do remember thinking in my mind, I mean, I might as well go straight to it, because if he's yeah. not going to love yes. the Lord, then I'm not right. interested. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, so I knew so. nothing about him, obviously. I didn't know yeah, any right. of his past. So I thought, if he's going to listen to some sermons, surely yeah. he is kind of interested, right. you know. Right. Right. So I just threw it out there. I didn't know nothing about him at the time. Okay. And so that's where we're at. And right. so she did send that one sermon. Right. And I, I listened to it, and I was just like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And then she goes straight into sending me the, um, I think it's seven sermons on courtship and oh okay and, yeah and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. And I I listened to that entire series. Right. And was mind blown. Yeah. And so, but but she invites you. Yes. To come, you know, I guess after your tournament is over, or, hey, come and visit if you're going to be fishing mm-hmm. in Florence and. That's right, and and you took that invitation, right? And you did come. Yes, and I cannot explain. And that. did you have a friend with you that came that I time? Did. I'm trying I to think did. back. I think I remember that first time. I remember somebody being yeah. with you. I think you were pulling your boat I did. into the parking so, lot. I, um, I, so what happened was, is she invited me, and I I listened to that sermon that she had sent. I was just like, I'd never I'd never heard anything like that. If I had heard it, I didn't hear it. Right. Yep. If that makes sense. And so so, so before you. So, you know, looking back on this now, obviously you say, man, I've never heard anything like this. Can you look back on it now and say the Spirit of God was up to something? A hundred percent. Even at that point of, okay, I've heard sermons before, but I've not heard this. Exactly. Yeah. And I'd and say even before that. I would too. I would say this. I mean, I really think the Spirit just really started to work on me. And before I had even sent Anna Claire a message, right. I really think even then— he had started to mold and to orchestrate all this because I, I had just never been in such a state of just miserableness. And yeah. it wasn't like, you know, there was nothing wrong in my life. I just w- had the void of Christ. Yeah. I, I just didn't have what you, every man needs. Right. And so I, I was just miserable. And yeah. um, Could you pick up on that, AC? Like the, the more you would kind of talk to Sam, could you pick up on, man, this guy's searching. You know, it, um, it, it, God's doing something in his life. Maybe a little bit, but we hadn't really talked much. Right. Okay. We gotcha. we really didn't. The only time we communicated was really over that message, gotcha. really in person. We didn't talk much and, at all. And okay. like I'll add to that, even that, that me- those messages were like nothing. They were very like vague. It, 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 I mean, we're talking about, I yeah. mean, she had invited me within... Ten sentences, like right. I mean, we didn't. We yeah. she didn't yeah. know nothing about me. Okay, all right. So you come down, you fish. First time at Grace Life, what was that like? So I got to back up for a second. Okay, all right. Can't can't leave this out. I, I know I'm taking too much time on me, but this is a very. You may have the longest Grace Life story. Yeah, I'm so sorry. But so. hey, I tell you, I tell you, it's worthwhile. Here we go. So I got to back up just for a second because this is key. So I message her right within 24 hours. I have a tremendously 
life changing wreck. Okay. On interstate. I, think I remember that as yeah. well. Yeah. So on um, talking about it, so. going across the Tennessee River, I'd gotten out of class that day and was going home to get my bass boat. And uh, right there on 24, as you're coming out of Chattanooga, you're about mm-hmm. to get in the Scottsboro. You know, you cross the Tennessee River. Right. Right there, uh, the Lord spared me my life. Oh, um, wow. A lady slammed on her brakes right in front of me, and I swerved and flipped my truck and almost went into the river. Mm. And Sure enough, I should have died right there. I mean, yeah. he, he literally spared me my life. And um, I get home from that wreck. I mean, this is 24 hours mm-hmm. after Anna Claire had shared with me right. this stuff. And I, I get home, and all I can remember is laying on my— I mean, I had just totaled my brand-new 2014 Silverado, totaled, smashed. And I remember the only thing I could think of laying on that couch was, is if I'd have died right then and there, I'd have gone straight to hell. Wow. I mean, I, and, you know, I, I knew nothing of really the gospel, and but I knew right then and there that the Lord spared me my life and was giving me a second chance right? and was giving me the opportunity to do. I didn't know what he wanted me to do, but he was giving me the opportunity to do something. And so he spared me my life then. That was in May of 2015. And I just remember thinking, Sam, if you'd have died right there, I mean, you, you're going to hell. Yeah. Wow. Amen. All right. So. Kind of back to you, you get to Grace Life. Yep. First time. What was that like? Uh, I'll tell you exactly what that Came was just like. to the service, right? Not right. to small group. She had invited me. And okay. so I told, I asked my fishing partner, I said, hey, man, uh, this girl, I'm serious. This beautiful girl has invited me to come to her church. And it's right next to McFarland Park. I mean, it's 10 minutes from McFarland Park. You care if we go down early Sunday morning and just go in and listen right. to the sermon, then we'll go practice fishing. Yeah. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, man, I don't care." He was actually, um, he would actually was a Christian at okay. the time okay. too. So, gotcha. you know, he didn't have no problem going to church. And so I, I get here, I walk in the front door. I actually parked behind Papa Walk yep. with my bass boat because I was embarrassed for anybody to see it. I was like, <laughs> I don't want nobody seeing me towing this bass boat uh, yeah. to church. And so we pull in, or we walk in the front door, and uh, the first person to greet me is David Young. Yeah. That was probably planned. You know, if it wasn't, I'd be scared because <laughs> it was extremely. Uh, I, if you want to know that story, you can ask Brother David. Yeah. But he greets me, and um, I look at my fishing partner. I was like, "Man, we might have chose the wrong church." That guy, <laughs> that guy was pretty intimidating right there. Uh, but he gave me a warm welcome. Um, you can ask him about that. But anyway, so I go in, we sit down, hey man. Brother Jeff, um, you know, the choir, I'm just, I'm just amazed at the choir. Right. Sounded beautiful, looked amazing. I, I didn't sit with Anna Claire. Mm-hmm. I sat by, we sat by ourselves on the back row. Right. Uh, she was in the choir, actually, though. She was singing. Yep. And so I'm sitting there, and he opens up the book of Luke. He's in Luke at yep. this time. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, we've been in Luke now for seven years. Yep. And I'm just like, no, I think at that time it was five years. I was like, man, it's taking him five <laughs> years to read the book of Luke. Oh, I was like, man. what is going on yep. in here? <laughs> And so we sit and we listen to that, and it was just, I was just, at that point, I was consumed. Yeah. I mean, I, wow. it was amazing. Amen. So so you visited, you've heard the gospel, God's used this wreck, you know, to kind of show you the brevity of your own life. And so, you know, it, from that point for when you feel like you were converted somewhere in there, was that a, yeah. you know, a few months later, a year later? What, no. What's that like? So after I got to attend that, that sermon that morning, me and my my partner, we went on about our day. We went fishing, and I remember I remembered Brother Jeff closed. We'll see you back here at six o'clock tonight. Yeah, I went down and like met, like 
told Aunt Claire, hey, and stuff. But then we went on about our day, and we're sitting there fishing. I was just like, man, I, I got to go back. I got to go back tonight, 6 mm-hmm. o'clock. They said they do this again at 6 o'clock. I got I got to go see more about this. Right. This is just, I, I was just fat infatuated with this yeah. and mesmerized. So tournament's over. So we I go back that night. Me and him both go back that night, and I just, I loved it. And so I'm going to fast forward through a bunch of stuff, and I get back home, and I would say within, you know, I I had replaced music and everything with sermon audio. Right, yeah. And so I had a 30-minute commute to um, school from home every day. Mm-hmm. And so I would just listen to the Word yep. over and over and over. I mean, to the point where I just I just wanted to know everything that there was to know right. about Jesus. Yep. I just was consumed with this Jesus guy and just right. the gospel and, and how much grace He's shown us and that He had died on the cross for my sins and shed His blood and... I just couldn't believe it. And so I'm listening to it over and over. And I went back to old Sam. I was like, well, I got to find something. I got to find a priest and I got to say a prayer. Right. I, I mean, I've I've got to jump. I was looking for the next hoop to jump through. Right. And I'll never forget. I was listening to a sermon, God helps those who cannot help themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in there, I mean, don't quote me on this, but he, he says, you know, I'm, I'm searching for all these things that I got to do. And he says in the sermon, he's like, you're, you're probably. Some of you are just looking for the next thing to do, the next hoop to jump, and to say the next prayer. And I was like, yes, that's me. And he was like, but you don't have, like, it, the work's done. Right. And at that moment, I was riding in my car um, on I-75, I'll never forget it, and I just busted out in tears. And I was like, man, you, Sam, can't you realize, you can't do it. Right. It's not up. Yeah. The work's been done on the cross. Yeah. And yeah. I just felt a huge sigh. It was just a huge relief. And I, the weight, I just remember the weight lifted off my shoulders. And I was just like, praise God, it's done. Right. Like, I, I am saved. Yeah. I'm saved by the work of Christ, not right. by anything that I may need to go do. Yeah. And so that was May. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That was in July of 2015 okay. that that happened. Yeah. So gotcha. we're talking about I met Anna Claire around Mayish. Yeah. And then by July, yeah. um, I, the Lord, I, without doubt, saved me. And yeah. I just, I just decided right there in my car that I was going to spend the rest of my life dedicating my life to the Lord, yeah. whatever that may be. I still, at that time, didn't know exactly what that right. meant, but I knew that hey, the work's done on the cross. He is my hope. He right. is my joy. He is. He is going to fill that void of all those idols. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Good testimony. All right, AC, let's rewind. We've been fast-forwarding through a lot of stuff, all right? So, so let's hit the rewind button a bit. And uh, obviously, as you said, you're, you're born into grace life to one degree, um, anyway, being Brother Jeff's daughter. And so, uh, you know, trace for us, if you would, a little bit of, of, of growing up, uh, you know, what people, I guess, popularly call being a PK, a preacher's kid, and things of that sort. And obviously, you've told us a little bit about your testimony, saved as a, a teenager. And so talk to us a little bit about growing up in, in, in Grace Life and, and being one of Brother Jeff's. And, and I don't I don't need every family story. I'm not talking about that. But, you know, right. just a little bit about how, you know, your life here at Grace Life. It, it, and and obviously, you, you went to Chattanooga for a while, and now you guys are back here. And so right. talk to us a little bit about what that was like and how God's used that and how God's worked in and through the ministries of Grace Life, even being someone who is very intimately involved here by virtue of your dad being a senior pastor. Right. Um, well, I would start off saying childhood was great. I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed being a, quote, PK. Yeah, good. Um, I I loved 
being in a home where my pa- I knew my parents loved me. I knew that they yeah. uh, wanted what was best for me, and I loved having sisters that we all loved each other, and it yeah. was fun. And I know that sounds so ishy-gishy and all the things, but it really was a good childhood. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that the Lord used that in a way to ultimately convert me in the future. But uh, I I remember um, growing up, like I said, eight years old is when I think the Lord was really tugging at my heart and began working in my life. But I was a very, I would say, pretty legalistic. I like to follow the rules. I like to be, I like to know what's going on. And Mm -hmm. if you give me the rules to follow, I'll follow them. And I think that was one thing that I really struggled with maybe as a kid growing up. Now, granted, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. In my heart, I knew that th- things were sin, but I was going to follow the rules. And so that was ultimately what the Lord convicted me of. But like I said, I was always in church. Mm-hmm. I was there on every time it was the doors were open. So uh, I, think that, I think that ultimately the Lord, I don't know, by His grace, a, a lot of times you see pastors' kids stray away. And by God's grace, he kept me, and I'm yeah. so thankful for that. Amen. All I can say is that through a series of events, really nothing, there's nothing drastic in my life that happened. Yeah. There was just, the Lord was just always there, and he was always convicting me along the way. Right. And the Lord used my dad ultimately to preach the gospel in yeah. and out of the home. Right. I think that's so important because... Some people don't think they're the same at home as they are at church. Right. And I can testify that my parents were. Yeah, amen. They are very consistent. We saw the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they were very quick to ask for forgiveness if they had done something wrong. And in return, we learned to ask for forgiveness and forgive right. quickly. Yeah. And that was so important for me. Um, I praise the Lord for that because, honestly, I can say it's a joy to to forgive others. Yeah, and that's, amen. And I, I, that's only by God's grace. Yeah. And so... I think that's that's a lot of my testimony. It's just very, my parents were faithful to teach us the scriptures and sing scripture in the home. And my dad was faithful to preach every Sunday. Yeah. And we saw that and right. he lived it out. And so ultimately the Lord used that yeah. to um, convert me. I, I think uh, I, I love testimonies like yours, AC. Now, I love yours too, Sam. Okay, I'm not saying I have a favorite here. I understand. But I I don't know, and maybe this is some of just how the Lord has geared my personality. Some of it has come through on the staff. It's been many years ago now. We read through a book by Michael Horton called Ordinary. And uh, Michael Horton has some things that I wouldn't necessarily agree with in totality with what he has written. But the, the premise that he gave throughout his book was we need to get back to just ordinary church life. And what he would call ordinary church life was was the preaching of the word. Right. You know, uh, it, he wouldn't call it small groups, but basically one another, every member ministry. And and his point was, you know, sometimes we, we, we just are so prone to want to look for the, the big splash of things. And he said, you know what, more times than not, God is working through some real ordinary... Mm-hmm. Hey, Every week your dad was going to preach the gospel, right? right? Every yeah. week we were going to sing truth-filled hymns and songs. Right. You were going to be in a small group that was going to study the Word together and pray for one another and do these things. And so I, I love it when we're reminded of the fact that that the ordinary means of grace that God has given us are sufficient right. to do the work of the gospel, right? Yes. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. In some ways you can say, hey, there, there wasn't like this big <laughs> thing. I mean, Sam, has a, he has a very traumatic you know, a right. wreck that God kind of uses to shake him, but... 
many times God's just using that week in, week out. Right. Uh, I, I, again, I was teaching the pastoral training institute last night, and I told the guys, I said, God, the preaching of God's word is a little bit like Novocaine, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. go to the dentist, they inject Novocaine, just give it a little bit of time, and it's going to numb you up, right? Yeah. The preaching of the gospel, just give it time, mm-hmm. right? And God's going to use it, and mm-hmm. He's used it in your life, obviously. So, right. so yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Yeah. So after after that. I think I was 16 at the time after I was converted. Uh, honestly, to say my life changed, it did change. Right. Maybe outwardly people wouldn't have even known because sure. I was so legalistic and I followed right. those rules so well. But in my heart, there was just an obvious change. I was. It was easy to ask for forgiveness and to when I knew I did things wrong, um, the Lord convicted me quickly and in the home, I think it was probably a lot more obvious right. than outside sure. of the home. Yeah. So I think after that is when, uh, at the time, I was very involved with basketball, like mm-hmm. I had mentioned before. And I played a lot of tournaments outside of the state, um, trying to get college coaches to see me. And like I said, D1 basketball was a dream of mine, and it was something that I was really working hard to achieve. And ultimately, the Lord gave me the desires of my heart and allowed right. me to play basketball at UT Chattanooga. And the one thing that really got me there was there was people, one of my assistant coaches was a believer and they had a local church there and dad right. felt comfortable with me going there. Sure. So yeah, it was absolutely. something that that was one of the main reasons actually that I ended up at Chattanooga. Right. So what was it like? Okay, since you made that, what was I mean? You, I mean, obviously, and you're like like my kids, like Tim. I mean, you grown up here. This right. is what you know. Yeah. How weird was it to like? Okay, now I'm in another church, even though it was one that your dad was comfortable right. with, and things. You know, nothing wrong with it or anything. Right. Was that like a weird experience all it of a sudden to be in weird. a different spot? It was very weird. I don't think I'd ever been to another church except John O's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, but so. no, I. It was weird, but honestly, because I was a believer, I knew these people were believers, yeah, and amen. I could, you know. Like we say all the time, you can fellowship with other yeah, believers. Right, right. And uh, mm. it was just so important to have a local church yeah. for me to go to. Now, granted, it wasn't Grace Life. Right. I don't think anything is. I think Grace Life is special for many reasons. I'm a little biased, but I think that it's just a special place. And to be honest, I missed it. Yeah. I missed home. I missed Grace Life. And that was probably something that... Honestly, I I probably wasn't as faithful as I should have been at the right. time. I was there pretty much every Sunday, but sometimes I let practice come up a little bit. And, you know, right. I, I don't have to go this way. You know, whatever. Right. Just sin that I had to repent of. But ultimately, I just missed home and I sure. missed Grace Life, yeah. to be honest. Amen. I think that uh, through those times, I, I do know that ultimately the college experience is something I think it's good, but... I I almost think it's not necessary anymore. Right. I don't know. In my life, right. it wasn't. I'm not using what I went to school for. Sure. And I think, Lord, why did you send me here? Right. You yeah. know, I went to Chattanooga. I played ball for two years. I hurt my, I hurt my back. Sam is <laughs> saying, "Hey, how about I me? Mean, you I did for me. I'm getting there. Oh, I'm getting there. I, I played basketball. I ended up getting injured. I hurt my back. And honestly, I didn't know." While I was there, I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted right. to come home. I was homesick. And in the back of my head, my parents have always told me, if you start something, you finish, finish it. it. Yep. Right. If Gotta you're starting it, it, you're finished it. You yep. are not coming home. Unless there's something bad happening, you ain't coming home. Right, yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> stay trapped, here. Right? You were trapped. You know? There. 
Um, the Lord had but, hemmed you in yes, for Sam. But <laughs> you just didn't know it yet. I, I did end up meeting Sam, and ultimately, I, I know that the Lord was there, putting me there for him. But yeah. also, I do think that the Lord grew me through those yeah. four Amen. years. I was able to, by God's grace, witness to a few girls on my t- team who have come to know the Lord. Wow. And um, witness to my coach, who wouldn't have been a believer And so I think it was something that it was really a challenge for me. I had Mm -hmm. always been around believers my whole life. I had always been sheltered, per se, and I enjoyed being sheltered. Yeah, sure. Um, And I think that I I think of it as a good thing, and I am glad I was because I didn't have to experience what Mm -hmm. a lot of kids had to. Right. So through that, I know that the Lord was growing me. He was making me branch out a little bit, making me share the gospel with others. Mm-hmm. And that was a big growing point in right. my life because yep. I had been converted right before college. So ultimately, I get to Chattanooga. Uh, I grow a lot, but my heart was back home. Right. And I think one of the main things after I met Sam and after I knew that he was converted and loved the Lord, I said, if this is going to work, I'm going home and you yep. can come with me or we ain't staying <laughs> together because I'm not staying uh, here, yeah. you know, kind right. of thing. So. Yeah. That's how we ended up back yeah. here. Amen. So, all right, and so you guys are uh, you're planted at Grace Life now. You guys got married in what year? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. So, is it four years or it, coming up on four years? Four years, the twenty sixth. So, okay, all right. So, so right at four years, and the Lord's giving you guys a, a a little girl now. And so, what what what's life like as a young family at Grace Life? Is it is it what you thought it was going to be like, Sam? Because you're really new here. AC's kind of the veteran when it comes to this. But 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 how has Grace Life impacted you guys? Your marriage now now you've got a child, and so you're raising her for the glory of God. Your your work lives. I mean, you know, give me some. We're, we're coming to the present day now of how yeah. God is continuing to work through His gospel, through the preaching of God's word, through the ministries of Grace Life Church. What, what what's it been like for you guys as you've gotten your family started? I, I would say that. I can sum that up with one sentence is okay. we love the local church. Yeah. Amen. I mean, we just, me and Anna Claire, we may disagree on some things, but we do not disagree on the volunteers. Yeah. And we do not disagree on the local church. Local church. <laughs> we yeah. absolutely, we don't. We, we don't look at our weekends and say, hey, you know, well, we got this to do this weekend. We can't go to church. We right. look at our weekends and say, well, we've got church Sunday and Wednesday. Right. We can't do these it. things. Yeah. So right. we both get to sing in the choir. Or, yep. Well, I stand up there. She sings. <laughs> um, Anna Claire has served in the small group field. I'm, I'm able to teach small groups right now. Um, what small group are you helping I'm with? 18 through 26, young okay. man. Right. And this is my, I believe this is my fourth year serving in the okay. small groups. Yeah. So this is my first year outside of the youth department. Okay. So that's been an adjustment. Yeah. But, um, you know. I, we just really enjoy the local church and being around other believers that believe the same thing that we do. Have, this is our family. I mean, yeah. like, you know, when I talk to people and mention to them about church, asking them to join us, they're just like, you know, what do you see that's like, what's so special? But I said, this is my family. Yeah. I mean, like I Amen. literally, I look at you guys like part of my family. I mean, I'd do anything for you. Right. And I know Anna Claire feels the same way. I mean, she's seen it her whole life and I've only been here since 2015, but... I mean, I, I just I'll put it to you this way: when I first started coming here and attending, it just felt like home. Mm-hmm. I mean, this feels like this is home to me. This is where we want our daughter to be. Right. Um, this is where our family's going to be. 
it's just it's just excellent. That's yeah. all. That's the best way I can explain and it. And I can testify that it's only by God's grace. It is. I mean, I think that yes, I was taught it my whole life, but He's just allowed us to love and serve the body of yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's just so important to realize it's nothing that we could have done. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that I mean, we are still sinners and fall short daily. And I think that I'm well. I know I'm so thankful that Sam believes that I, like I do. Right. And he is so prom. He is just focused on the local church and it's only by God's grace that we can even say that. Mm. So yeah. I think, I think that honestly it's better than we could have ever imagined. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm I saying. I know Amen. that it's, it's wonderful to know that our daughter, daughter will grow up mm. hearing the gospel from birth. Right. Absolutely. And that's yeah. um, just, well, it's kind of like part of my testimony, too. I've tried all the other things. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've tried to do everything else that you can do. Right. And none of that, it just, you're never, well, A, you're never satisfied, but nothing else is going to fill that, that fill that void of, you know, A, of Christ, but B, you've got to have the local church right. Right. Yeah, and, I, and that's one thing that I went back, back and forth on with Brother Jeff a lot was, is like, hey, if you're going to be with my daughter, where, where are you going to be in church at? Right. Because, I, you know, at that time, I, I wasn't here, and we were trying to find that place in Chattanooga mm-hmm. and wasn't exactly there. And then I, I thought about, well, I can I can drive to Jono's every Sunday. Right. And you can do those things, but you can't be plugged in like sure. that. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want right. to just be the Sunday attender. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be the – I wanted to be, you know, hey, we need somebody to serve in the youth department. Right. This Wednesday, can you come? Yeah, to a certain degree, you know. I mean, you could just find good preaching. I, you know, you you spend a while listening to sermon audio, and 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 by the way, that's a wonderful tool, and we're thankful for that. But then there's something different about. But hey, I belong yes. to a local church. I know Brother Jeff uses that terminology sometimes. Those that's my family. Those are people that care about me. I care about them. We're speaking truth to one another. We're praying for one another. We're holding one another accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really owning. Yes. That aspect of the Christian life that the right. Lord has called us to. And so, yeah, there's a tremendous difference between being in it and plugged in and thoroughly invested in the local church and then just kind of being on the outside and saying, well, yeah. we're kind of here yeah. a little bit, you know. So, And I'll add to that even, this is my second year being in a class. I taught youth, sixth grade right. girls before for three years. And now I'm in an adult ladies class because I had a baby and I'm right. taking a little break. But I can testify that I probably wasn't as plugged in as I should have been. You right. know, I was teaching youth group, but I wasn't involved in my small group. Right. Obviously, I couldn't as well as I should have. But I, I just think that now that I'm in that ladies' small group, the Lord has grown me tremendously. Yeah. Who, and who leads this class you're in? Margot and Sandra and Barbara. Okay. All right. Good. So I, I think, and I'm so thankful to them for being diligent and mm-hmm. teaching us week in and week out the things of the Lord and challenging us as right. young ladies and with our husbands and in our home with our children. And it's just such, honestly, it's a, it's a way for us to serve other ladies that are our age yeah. and to reach them you know, that the way they need to be served. And right. I think it's cool because I didn't get to see that as much before. Right. Yes, youth needs it ju- more than anybody, but or just as much as anybody. But I think that it's important, you know, when you are in a ladies class like your age and maybe you're not involved like you should be, but I'm good. I would challenge everybody, get in that small group right. and serve, you yep. know. Mm, yep. And I think actually 
Tana and Scott Cooper, when they sit on theirs, you know, the most happy people are those that serve. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that is so true, yeah. um, whether you're teaching or just serving within your right. small group. Yeah. And I can testify to that. I'm so much happier when I'm serving. Yeah. So I just, I, I think that's just, it's been a blessing to me to be in that yeah. small group this year. And I'm sure Brother Nathan and Brother David will get me out of there probably next year. But I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. so. and, and that's one of the most encouraging things to me about Grace Life Church is the people that are in it and, the, and their willingness and their want to, to serve. I mean, I, it, and that was part of like when I first started attending here and seeing how genuine everybody was about it and that they wanted to serve right. and to have such a welcoming staff and such a solid staff and then and then that branch out to the small group leaders and then that branch out to the caregivers in those classes. I mean, it was right. just a huge domino effect that when when I was first converted was just an unbelievable just unlike anything I'd ever seen. Yeah. And that was one of the things that just really drew me to this place was yeah. it's like, and those people, I am in debt to those people because mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed getting to witness that yeah. from the outside looking in. Right. And you kind of grow, you get a little numb to it when you're inside of it. Yeah, you're just sure. like, well, this is just how it is. Right. And I kind of have to thump myself and say, no, this, unfortunately, this is not, this is very unique and special, but it's, it's how it should be. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you guys being willing to share your, your own stories, but then also how just God's providence. And, you know, it's just it's always encouraging for me to hear. I mean, uh, you know, Sam, just listen to your testimony. I mean, I, you know, I sit back sometimes and I think, well, how in the world did God you know, bring you all these twists and turns and, and brought you to salvation and, and, and to your wife and a, a, a beautiful child and, and involved in the local church? And, and they see how the Lord was, you know, you grew up here, but, but grew you in some other ways and then eventually tied you guys together. And, you know, just the goodness of God and his providence. And, um, you know, listening to your Grace Life story, I, I, you know, Sam, like you said, you could sum it up more. We love the local church. Yeah. And, you that the the week in week out ministry of the word ministry of small groups just that stuff that like you said sometimes we can get a little numb to and well are we going to do this again yeah we're going to do it again because that's exactly what god desires from us that's exactly what he's using in the local church so thank you guys for coming in and sharing with us today and uh, for all of you listening we hope you've enjoyed this episode of my grace life story we hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of my grace life story as members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.